Hello, listener. Lovely listener. Uh, This is Alicia, and I have Alex in the room with me. We wanted to give you a little treat. I like the way you say treat. Thank you. Treat. A little gift (laughs) of a bonus episode of This Month in Women's History. We're posting Eliza Hamilton. So very good episode. You may or may not know that I I may like Alexander Hamilton just a little bit. AKA so, the Kevin Bacon of our podcast. Yeah. He's brought up in every single one of them. So <laughs> this is about his wife and how awesome she is. She's a very awe-inspiring person. And so who, um, uh, who participated in that one with you? That was um, you and uh, Jen. And Keely. And Keely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we actually, a really great discussion. We recorded it because we, I don't remember what month we wanted it to be, but we wanted it to be one of the monthly postings. And then we just had too many awesome people to talk about. And so we decided to make her the bonus episode. So, so um, here you go. Yes. Bonus episode for Eliza Hamilton. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hello, and thank you for joining us today for This Month in Women's History, brought to you by A Little Louder Now. Today we're talking about Elizabeth Hamilton. I have in the room with me Keely and Jen. Hello. Hi. Hi. Now, ladies, I have to say I'm so very excited about talking about Elizabeth Hamilton. She is amazing, Mm -hmm. and I want to be her when I grow up with her fortitude and strength. Um, and singing voice and acting skills. Okay, well, that's that's (laughs) the musical. Jen just saw the musical. Please excuse her. I couldn't help it. So... Um, we were talking about Elizabeth Hamilton because she founded an orphanage in New York, the first public orphanage in New York in March. So what was that date, Jen? March 15th, 1806. And it was called the Orphan Asylum Society, which is now called uh, something different. I think it's the Graham Wyndham. Thank you. The Graham (laughs) Wyndham, but they're still open. And they They still have... The same principles, and um, it's very interesting to see something that she created so long ago is still open. So. And they are still accepting donation, and you can even become a foster parent there. How about that? That's yes. Awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> this is website. is awesome. I also like, as an aside, they have um, elizastory.org, I think. Yes, and they do. It's, it's like Elizabeth Hamilton's story, mm-hmm. but then how they're taking her initial goals and everything and putting it toward their mission statement. And they have a very interesting page where they use, like, quotes from the songs. Uh, That's really cool. We're not going to wait for it. We're going to talk all about that. I brought. (laughs) You don't have to wait for it. I'm done now. We know how to bring the thunder. Okay, Lin-Manuel Miranda, we are citing you pretty much this entire podcast, so thank you for the puns. But we are not here to talk about the musical. We're not. We're going to do our best to not talk about the musical, and we're going to talk about Eliza, because she's very, actually very important. Why don't you tell us? I would love to. Thank you. She was born on August 9th, 1757. She was nicknamed Eliza or Betsy, and Alexander Ooh. Hamilton called her those names as well as her family. Where did Betsy um, come from? I, I don't know. Beth, Beth, yeah, Beth, I guess that yeah. part of it. Yeah, yeah but those were her nicknames. She was never called Lizzie. She hated it. That's I good. could understand why. Yeah. <laughs> so um, she was the second daughter of Continental Army General Philip Schuyler, who was a Revolutionary War general. Um, 
she came from a very old family, a politically influential family in the state of New York. She had seven siblings, one of them Peggy, and one of them Angelica. Oh, there were 14 siblings. I was going to say, I was like, that's a lot, that, that's a lot of babies. <laughs> seven was a large number, but 14? Excuse me, 14? That number doubled. Yeah. Woo! So I have a I have a relative that has seventeen. Ha! Huh. So Excuse me. I keep and that was in like the early nineties. Early nineteen hundreds, not nineties. Like, <laughs> <I, zero. laughs> Are you related to nineteen kids? I'm not. <laughs> well, one one of fourteen. Okay. Yeah, but only Sorry, seven of them left to adulthood. So that's really hard too. Think about half of your siblings passing away. Oh. Child. So in any event, she comes from this very influential family, very well-to-do. Her dad's a war hero, and um, she meets Alexander Hamilton, and he wrote her in one of his very adorable and swooning letters, I meet you in every dream, and when I wake, I cannot close my eyes for ruminating on your sweetness. Aww. Yeah, but then he turned around and wrote this to somebody else. Um, <laughs> wow. Somebody else? To, to a male friend of his. Okay. So another aide in wa for Washington, General Washington, President Washington, George Washington, Washington. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, it was it Washington? It was. <laughs> so anyway, he wrote, turn around and wrote this to someone else, another aide for Washington. He wrote, though not a genius, she has good sense enough to be agreeable, and though not a beauty, she has fine black eyes is rather handsome and has every other requisite of the exterior to make a lover happy. Um, okay, well that's not very nice or no. intimate. I think the message we're trying to nail home here is he didn't deserve her. No, he did not. <laughs> she is a saint and I gotta control my volume. We have, we have a lot of feelings <laughs> There's about how he did not deserve her. He really did. So, in any event, he was a gifted writer and a gifted orator, and that's how he became... And a gifted actor, clearly, because he's not telling the truth. <laughs> yeah. So, in any event, he <laughs> married her, and they were married at the Schuyler home on December 14th of 1780. Wasn't it only two weeks later, though, that they were writing and just... It was yeah, very they, quick. They initially met... And then he started writing her letters, and she wrote back. And then it, it was a pretty, like, quick courtship. Okay. But think of it this way. He was an immigrant and penniless, and he came to the United States, and he found this woman who was interested in him who was from a very wealthy family. Well, and he locked it down quick then. He, yeah, he probably wasn't right. stupid about that. There was there was some benefit to him marrying into that family. So, oh, um, smart man. Oh, he was not so stupid. Not a stupid man. But a mean man. Ah, <laughs> oh, big sports decisions. Okay. So he he had a particular fondness with Philip Schuyler and Elizabeth's eldest sister, Angelica. Ooh. And there is a rumor that he initially loved Angelica, but she wouldn't have him. Or so he settled. There were relations there. There was a love there that was never realized so he married her younger sister very well, interesting a little yes so it's a, it's an interesting point. interpretation of it too i mean i didn't know about that until i saw the sh uh until i saw hamilton and i was i learned their story and 
I had no idea. And the way the the story lines up is that she they uh, Angelica introduces her to Eliza, and that's there. There's a song of Angelica's regret through the her introducing her sister rather than her introducing herself and there's this huge controversy that really goes throughout the entire show and it shows this triangle that turns into a box uh, <laughs> uh, it does and it's just it's quite fascinating yeah so it, it actually angelica told elizabeth in a letter she, that she loved Hamilton very much, and if you were as generous as the old Romans, you would lend him to me for a little while. Oh, wow. So, I don't think I'm out of line saying that there was something. There were feelings. Yes. So, we don't know how Elizabeth took that. I would have been angry. <laughs> I mean, it was just probably like, ha, 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 okay. No, we're not going to So, we're not going to you alone in a room with him. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Dad, tell me. But through, throughout her life, she truly loved him. And she wrote a letter. We have letters that said that her marriage to him made her the happiest of women. She called him my dear Hamilton. And she wrote that she is fonder of him, and he was fonder of her every day. So, I mean, she truly loved this man. Mm-hmm. And aided him throughout his political career. She was actually the intermediary between him and the publisher for the Federalist Papers. Wow. She helped helped him craft the Bank of the United States defense for Congress. She also helped him edit and write Washington's farewell address. Did she? Yeah. And we Um, don't really hear too much about that. She had, meanwhile, she continued to raise her children and maintain their household between multiple moves in New York, Philadelphia, Albany, and... While in Philadelphia around November 24th, 1794, she unfortunately suffered a miscarriage in the wake of her youngest child falling extremely ill, and that was John Church. And Hamilton was away suppressing the Whiskey Rebellion, Mm -hmm. and she was just very stressed out, so she suffered a miscarriage, and Hamilton came home to be with his family. Mm -hmm. And not so long after that, in 1797, an affair came to light between him and another woman, and it was written about in the Reynolds pamphlet oh, that he distributed to everyone in his defense because he was being he was he was being accused of some capital offenses, and they were saying we're going to get you on these capital offenses, essentially blackmail. And yeah. so he he said, you know what, you're not going to blackmail me. I'm just going to write this and distribute it. But he didn't tell Eliza. Before he did that? Oh, no. Oh, man. Yeah, no, he did not. He didn't say a word to her. He said he realized that he had taken money from an, um, an uh, one of the financial accounts with the war, and they were trying to get him on some sort of embezzlement, it yeah, seemed like, like from, um, from the context of the show, some sort of treason. And he said, if I show you where this is coming from, Will you will you let it go? And they were like, huh, okay. So he lays it out. He shows all of his proof because the man keeps all of his receipts like a responsible <laughs> adult. Even for uh, even for the yeah yep. and um, basically he's blackmailed by Andrew Reynolds. Um, 
Essentially, this guy needed money. Yeah, and he was trying to say that Maria Reynolds, thank you, his wife, his wife, who the affair was happening with, she's saying, just give him what he wants and you can be with me. And he's saying, I have a wife and a life and I can't be doing this. And he, he does it anyway. So to save his own but he publishes everything, and Eliza reads about her um, husband, her oh, husband's wow. uh, betrayal through um, this beautiful song, Burn, and she's... That has musical. Oh, God, but she's just <laughs> phenomenal, and it's the heartbreak so, is really there, and her story is just... Oh, yeah, it's so, so it hurts. In any event... She finds out by reading the pamphlet that's already been published. And she is heartbroken because the affair was six years in the past. So this is 1797. The affair was in 1791. And she and her sister had begged him to leave for the summer, take a break, get away. <laughs> um, so he, his, his wife and her sister Angelica begged him to get away for the summer, to go away to Albany. And instead of going with them, he refused to go. He stayed home. He cheated on his wife in her own home. Mm-hmm. And kept oh, a secret my. for six years and then published a pamphlet detailing everything without telling her. Called the Reynolds pamphlet. Yeah. So I couldn't even imagine today what that would... I mean, they were famous. Right. That would yeah. be like a Jay-Z exactly. publishing. Right. Hey, I, I know who Becky they with the good hair is. It's this person. And... I did all these things in Beyonce's bed. Right. I would murder him. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Beyonce's fans would murder him. <laughs> but and yeah, yeah. That's what I'm just saying. It's it's a betrayal on the highest level. Yes. On the highest level. Mm-hmm. And so she just leaves. She takes their children and just goes and stays with her family in, in uh, I think, Albany for a while. Oh, man. Just to get away from him because she just couldn't be around him. Because she initially didn't believe the claims. And then, I, I guess... She didn't get the first copy, so <laughs> she initially didn't believe the claims, and then when she read that he wrote it, she was like, oh, you've ruined my life. Right? <laughs> you've ruined our lives. Right. Well, why? Why would you do this? You know, and, and it's not just his life. He's now he's now impacting his wife and his children. Right. Oh. Uh-huh. And, and she's very well aware of the situation, and all of his actions from this Reynolds pamphlet that he published – was the demise. It was yeah. it was his ultimate demise. Him telling the truth and owning up to this affair not only crumbled his relationship with his wife, not so much in the public's eye because he was redeeming because of the time period, but then causes the next few things that I'm not going to spoil because they're very awful. important. Yeah, <laughs> so the, the press was also awful to her. They, they Somebody said, are, are you even his wife? Oh, my. He said, art thou a wife? All see him who yeah. thou hast chosen for the partner of this life, lolling in the lap of a harlot. So, That's just horrible. Yeah. So she just, Men are she just like, left. She was pregnant at this time, too, with oh, his sick child. So she just left. <laughs> and went to her parents in Albany, where her son was born without him being there, without Alexander being there. And then she only came back. In early September of 1797, she was gone for um, a couple months. She um, 
She only came back because their eldest son, Philip, had typhus and the local doctor could not cure him, so she brought him back to the city so he could get better. Um, so few, shortly thereafter, the, the son, Philip, gets into a duel with a guy who was basically not lying about how his dad had betrayed his family and how his dad was an embarrassment and how the whole family was in shambles. And I mean, those things are true, but it's not cool to be like telling the person's kid that. Right. And so they challenge each other to duel. So the son, Philip, was shot and died. Oh, God. So you're saying that because someone read the Reynolds pamphlet, their son was killed because of his actions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that was obviously heartbreaking. And that woman and, did not deserve that because all she wanted to do was to love her husband. Yeah. And so, be enough for him. So the son dies and she's in just this state of grief. <laughs> and she's not speaking. Like, oh, at all. <laughs> and just in a state where she, she's catatonic. Yeah. And their second oldest child, so their oldest son is now dead. Philip is now dead. Okay. And the duel. Their second oldest child, Angelica, suffered a mental breakdown after her older brother's death and lived in a state described as eternal childhood. Unable to care for herself, unable to recognize any family members, and she lived to be 72. So, oh my goodness. Awful. So her entire family, due to this one affair six years ago, is just falling apart, you know, and yes. um, their last child, which was born in 1802, was named Philip in the honor of their first child. And this is after their reconciliation because she forgives him. And she, they work on their relationship. And he actually wrote her a letter saying you were the best of wives, the best of mothers, right, yes. right before he was then killed in a duel. This is drama. It, um, yeah. <laughs> so two years after their last child is born, so his youngest child is two, um, he is involved in a duel with Aaron Burr. Sir. Um, yes. He, <laughs> he, it was over their political differences. Um, Jefferson was running against Burr for president. Jefferson ended up winning because he had Hamilton's endorsement. And Burr challenged him to a duel and Burr killed him. And so he wrote Eliza two letters telling her, Consolations of religion, my beloved, can alone support you, and these you have a right to enjoy. Fly to the bosom of your God and be comforted. With my last idea, I shall cherish the sweet hope of meeting you in a better world. Adieu, best of wives and best of women's. Embrace all of my darling children for me. So he wrote that right before he left for the duel. Okay. And um, he died on July 12th. All seven of his surviving children were there with Eliza. And she suddenly found herself without her husband, the main breadwinner in the family, her mother, who died less than a year before Alexander, and her father, who died a few months after him. Wow. With seven children. Yeah, that's <laughs> And no crazy. money. Oh, yeah. Because he had, he had bankrupted them. Right. And so they sold her house out from under her after the husband's, after his death. And so I feel like I'm watching the musical all over again. The My youngest, heart is just breaking. <laughs> the youngest child was only two at this point. Philip II was only 
was only two, and their house was pulled out from under them, and what did they do? So what happened was, I'm sorry, I'm very invested. She, <laughs> she got, like, the people that took the house out from under her then realized, well, you know, we actually legally can't do that. We can't just Whew. take the house out from somebody. So she got her house back. Good. And she was able to, I don't know if it was, like, from her family wealth, survive. I don't know where the money came from. But I think that it showed a lot of Hamilton's allies pulled money together to help her in those initial years get to a position of financial safety. And so at that point, she is a single mother who by her 40s has delivered eight children and they fostered one little girl for I think like 10 years oh, while wow. their children were young. It was a one of the military acquaintances that Hamilton had made during the Revolutionary War. Oh, the wow. father had died in the war. The mother died several years later and so they took the child in until the older sister reached an age where she could get married and take her that's so, great. Yes. So she raised essentially nine children, and and so I think it's clear that she was a wonderful mother, a wonderful wife, mm -hmm. and wonderful human. Yeah. And Alexander Hamilton himself had been orphaned as a child in the Caribbean, and that's how he ended up getting to the United States. So she showed she had a passion for children and the lives and safety of children. So, in 1806, just two years after her husband's death, her youngest child is about four, um, she, along with several other women, founded the Orphan Asylum Society, which was established to care for and educate parentless children, regardless of their financial resources, which is huge. In 1835, the Society for the Relief of Half-Orphan and Destitute Children, which was established to enable widowed parents to work while their children were cared for and educated. Um, those two agencies merged together to become what is now Grand Wyndham, which is now still open, and they're still dedicated to providing safety, stability, education, and family for those children whose own families are unable to do so. She was initially appointed second directress, which is like vice president. Um, and in 1821, she became first directress, by the time she left the organization in 1848, she had been with it since its founding a total of 42 years. Wow. So she would spend much of her long widowhood working to secure Hamilton's place in history. This is love, okay? <laughs> it really, really, really is because he didn't deserve it. <laughs> he really didn't deserve it. Love to piggyback one more beautiful, beautiful little fact about um, Eliza's story that sure. not only has the orphanage made such a huge impact, then now it's still making a uh, an impact that it actually has kind of gotten some of the people from the Broadway cast involved, and they produced the Eliza Project. With the ELIZA project, their mission is to give young people served by the Grand Wyndham the opportunity to use the arts as a means of expression, an outlet of personal experience, and uplift the creative spirit 
to honor Eliza Hamilton's legacy and to share the joy that arts can bring to all. So that's great. That's phenomenal. I love it. There's even a, a short 10-minute video directed by Morgan Marcel with key cast members such as Lin-Manuel Miranda, Philippa Sue, Jonathan Groff, Renee Elise Goldsberry, Lexi Lawson, and the director Morgan Marcel herself and talks about this program. It's worth checking out and it gets arts out there through Eliza as well. Yeah, and so so Grand Wyndham is actually still taking donations as we mentioned earlier. Yes. So a lot of people that and I, I'm sure this is true of you and it's true of me and Keely, I don't know where your love for Eliza Hamilton came in, <laughs> but mine came from starting to listen to the musical songs. And I had no idea about any of this. So I was like, neither did I. What? And so I started researching her, and I became very interested in her story and her strength and fortitude and her her religion and beliefs. That's what really got her through all this, right? So her passion, right? Her true just passion. So impressed with her as a human being, because mm -hmm. I would not be as good as her, and that I can one hundred percent tell you, I would not be as good as her in, in that position. Yeah, she's um, saint for so sure. I I think that she was very amazing, like just very inspirational and, and moving. And so my love came from the musical, and then I started looking up her legacy and what she what she did with her time, right? You know, because mm -hmm. she lived for 50 years after Hamilton died. Yes. That's, she, she was 97 when she passed away, and which I'm, is old. Yeah. <laughs> for that for that time and now a very yeah. long life yeah. even now that's a long life yeah so and even with what you were saying a, a good a, a main theme of Hamilton is time running out of time feeling like he didn't have enough time and she was blessed with all of this time so she she spent after her his her widowed life maintaining and and securing his legacy among a as one of America's founders, mm -hmm. and I think that that really speaks to how she loved him. Yes, you know, totally. and it's it's very impressive. But in in any event, what I was getting at is the Grand Wyndham. Um, they are partnering with Hamilton, mm -hmm. but they also have this page, really interesting, where they take all these quotes from the musical and they talk about her story yes. and they talk about what their mission is they and how they still align and. So if you are moved by the story and you want to donate to them, you absolutely should because Please. it's a great, it's a, it's a, it's a great. They're taking care of New York City yeah. kids. It's a big, it's very close to my heart. Yeah. Uh, particularly, I am a born New Yorker and just living through New York City and um, going uh, to the city so often. You see so many kids that don't aren't as lucky. And there has there has been so many so much poverty through the years. So seeing some of these kids get off the street, go to better homes, seeing these art programs that are blossoming through things like this, it's very important. And it really has done some tremendous things for kids all across New York City, not even just here. I mean, look at the the ripple effect. We even have great programs here in Pittsburgh because of it. Like it's just right. the effect of this one particular orphanage, the first, was a huge 
sound heard across the world started something that she didn't even realize how big it was. Yeah. And I mean, you can tell throughout her life she has a true love of children and parenting mm. and taking care of children. Love. But, so much yeah. love. Yeah. But I, I'm just very impressed that she took all that grief and discord and drama and turned it into what it became. Beauty. And yeah. Yeah. Did something that would outlive her, right? Yes. So, uh, it's very impressive. I. I want to note that in that 50 years after Hamilton passed away, she defended Alexander against his critics because he wasn't there to, to defend himself, you know? Wow. And she, even after all of that. Yeah. He, there were people saying he didn't actually help him write his farewell address, and she's like, well, I was there. <laughs> so he did. We're going to stop that right here. I'm going to go ahead and uh, stop you right there. But she, she talked about... Um, she requested an apology from James Monroe over his accusations oh. of financial impropriety. So yes. the thing that initially started the Reynolds pamphlet, she was like, you're going to apologize to me. <laughs> I <Yes>. love her. <laughs> um, she preserved his legacy by reorganizing all of his letters, papers, and writings. And she interviewed all of the men that served with him that were still alive. So she got a mindset of where, what the war was like, and she noted all that down. She kept all his letters and papers. She got his biography published. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And she that included so many setbacks. Um, and that well, costs money, too. Like, yeah. Because, you know, it's hard to find someone who will write something like that. Yeah. And, and then he was, he was kind of a controversial character, right? Absolutely. So he, it's hard to find someone. It was expensive. So she actually wore a small package around her neck containing the pieces of a sonnet that he wrote her during no. her early days of their courtship until the day she died. Oh, man! <laughs> Take my heart and just yes. rip it from my chest. Even into her... <laughs> she's not done. I know. Even into her 90s, she remained dedicated to charity work. And so when she moved to Washington, D.C., she helped raise money to build the Washington Monument. Of course she did, aren't you? That's awesome. Oh, so, man! Without her, we would not have any of his writings. We would not have any of this historical significance of the biography. We wouldn't have the bank, the Federal Reserve. No, right? We wouldn't have any any of the things that he pushed through. Washington's no. beautiful farewell address. We wouldn't have that. We also wouldn't have the Washington Monument. <laughs> we wouldn't have orphanages. Or, or the orphanages. So it's she is such an influential human being, and so I did not know any of this until I listened to the music from the musical and. I'm the same way. I, yeah. I agree. I, I had no idea. And through, before even seeing the musical, Alicia was just, uh, the week leading up to it, just so excited for me to go. And I really had no idea how much this was going. The, the story, the story is told. If you don't know about this and you're interested and you get a chance to go see it, yeah, go see, go it. see it. You're going to learn so much you're gonna more love than you think. A lot, you're going to have a real love. story, people. You're going to leave, leave loving her even more. Mm -hmm. Now, Keely, did you, I know you did a lot of research on Abigail, did you, in your time of doing research of Abigail, spend time on anything relating to Elizabeth? I, um, I really focused on looking at the orphanage portion of it, just going through and understanding what she, what she really did. Mm -hmm. I, unfortunately, have not had the opportunity to see Hamilton, 
Yeah, the muskets. 
Um, oh. Well, they were little handguns, but they were still not oh, really yeah. accurate. And so it's oh, really amazing that Bird even hit him. And yeah. Like, yeah. Like he really meant it. <laughs> <laughs> I got definitely just aiming really yeah. hard, like, ah, let's hope. <laughs> As the sun rose, they did the ten paces and turned around and... and so you're saying it was dark out and he still got the shot? It was at dawn. At dawn. It was at dawn. The sun rose and was in Hamilton's eyes. Oh. And then, so they shot each other. And Hamilton had to pick the side he was on, which I, I wish that they had wrote about that the sun was in his eyes during the musical. Like, <laughs> oh man, I couldn't see. <laughs> it's done really well, though. But I think the, the story for me from all the music, and I, I think I would get from the actual musical, is the, just the love that, Eliza had absolutely for him and for their family and just how invested she was in his success and the success of her children and her family and and I think that that is really telling of it indicates a good human being a wonderful person but I also think that that's where her drive came from with her with her religion and her belief mm-hmm. um, faith if you will that pushed her to do more she had all this time. Right. She was like, hey. right. she lived him by 50 years. Like, yeah. She had to find something to do. Right? <laughs> you know, like she has to change the world. She, she never married, married, correct? No. She stayed yeah. alone. I mean, how could you? How could you? She loved him so much. She spent, he was basically a ghost going around with her because she had his letters in her, mm-hmm. in her locket and she was constantly interviewing people and helping to maintain his legacy. Like, when would he have time to find a new person? I feel like both of these women, Abigail Adams and both Eliza Schuyler Hamilton, just so full of love, and we could just learn so much from both of these women. I mean, if we take our lives and live it with as much love as they did, I mean, look at the, like I talked about before, the ripple effect that uh, just Eliza had. If we just have that in each day, it's just so important. It's so cool. But also think about this, and... uh, we're also covering Abigail Adams in March. That's yes, why we're yes, that's her, why. But, um, think about this. Think about you have two very strong, very educated, important, um, driven women that are married to men in, in this really difficult time in yes. the founding of America. And their life situations are completely dependent and different based on how their husband treated them. Yes, absolutely. So, Abigail Adams' husband treated her with respect, like an equal. He treated her, he would, he never strayed, he never would do anything like that. Mm-hmm. And they were a team. Mm-hmm. Hamilton, on the other hand, kind of treated her like, yeah, you're my wife, I, I like kind of like you, but I'm going to do me. Mm-hmm. You right. know? And that's and, interesting, because she helped write the, the farewell address. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't, Love her enough to not cheat on her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you are very right. And to not publicly write about it. Right. I, I sure is a difficult topic for some of our listeners. Um, but, you know, I, I think that the thing we can really glean from this is they're both wonderful human women, but it really, who you choose to walk with you in life really affects how your life is. Yes. You know? So, I mean, she chose Hamilton, and he was ultimately, like, her downfall. So you know, to ninety what seven? Ninety seven? Yeah, that's crazy. But Abigail, contented and happy her entire life, died early. Happy yeah. to die early. It's interesting. Not really early. Well, not that seventy three is 
Yeah. Or people are dying at like 20 and 30. Yeah. 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 Fair, fair. So she was quite old. Good for her. They were both. both. I'd be happy to live anywhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure as many of our listeners would as well. Yeah. So. Happy long lives. In any event, I'm just really impressed with both of these women that they were such pillars of strength in such a tumultuous time. Um, we have more to talk about in terms of Abigail and that podcast, but... Please listen. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Eliza is just... It's not only just the musical, but it's also just who she was. And her how story. Her story is. Yeah. yeah. Her story is so... It's, it, the world wouldn't be what it is today without her, and mm-hmm. it's... it's at the, these are why we're doing these day in his, this Day in History podcast. We are teaching and learning about these fantastic women that we don't realize how much influence us day to day. Right. So it's the whole purpose of this. So. It is. And um, Keely, I would like to hear if you have anything else because I talked a whole lot. <laughs> did you? I did. I didn't notice. I really? Because I didn't. <laughs> I talked a whole lot. I thought Keely was actually talking. I know. The I was going to say. I think, I think you know. I think she likes. She likes that. I like Elizabeth Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a little out bit. there. Yeah. A little bit. So I would that's like okay. To I did a lot of the talking on the last one. That's so, true. That's you know. true. So I would like to hear if you have any final thoughts before we end this one. Or any opinion changes of start to finish. Well, really, I just am impressed with her as as a whole. I mean, I, me personally, I don't think I could have done half the things that she had done, and especially not with if there was adultery in the mm-hmm. mix. I really, I, she's definitely the better woman than I would have been. <laughs> right. Um, but she is just, she's phenomenal and I definitely, it makes me want to see Hamilton even more <laughs> so that I can see what what she has um, in store. So, perfect. That was very well said. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just very lucky to have gotten a chance to witness her story in a beautiful artistic piece. I loved learning about her on my own. Alicia, you have taught me so much about her that I didn't even know about before walking to the show, before, which was just very recently. I'm getting all of this knowledge of Miss Eliza Hamilton very, very quick and fast, but she she's blowing my mind. And the actresses that portray this role, I mean, I gotta say, you're amazing. You act it's a difficult role. It's so like, difficult. Not that, we're, not that we're pressing Hamilton too much. Right, right. No. I, I'm sorry if you are not into musicals and you are not interested in this. And just I, please thank us you. for like 30 seconds. I'm very sorry. But if you're interested in the story of Eliza and you have the opportunity to listen to the soundtrack, you should listen to the song Burn. Yes. You should listen to the final song, which is a Who Tells Your Story. Yes, and take a break. Take a break. Because, man, is she begging for him to go away. In that in that summer where everything happens. Yeah, and she's trying song. to prevent it really hard. And and the Skylar Sisters is also a very good song. And um, you're not just listening, you're learning. Yeah. And that's the whole point of it. And it's, it's not just about a, a musical. It's about the story. So... Truly, their stories are worth it, and I'm we're very lucky to have learned Eliza's story, and I'm just thankful that we got to talk about her on this podcast because it yeah, was I mean, really cool. And if musicals are not your thing, you don't have to see Hamilton. No, so but no pressure. We're not though. plugging it here, but it is a, a live way to see history, and that is nice. Um, I did I did want to note, and um, it's interesting to me 
that there's a musical about Hamilton, but there's also a musical about Abigail Adams and John Adams. It's called 1776. Yes. Which I love that musical too. Oh, Mr. Adams, leave and, me alone. <laughs> and their love and kinship is on display in that musical. So I just think it's interesting that the two women that we chose for March, both are women in um, a really turbulent time in American history, but also women that have been <laughs> in musical. And I love it. <laughs> Truly here for it. That was not purposeful. It wasn't. It wasn't. It just happened this way. And, and the whole reason that we're doing um, we're doing these women this month is um, we talked about Abigail Adams and her podcast, so listen to that one. But we're doing Eliza Hamilton because she founded the orphanage in March. So um, again, thank you. Check out that site. Donate. Yeah. Donate. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to our other podcasts. Thank you for joining us today on A Little Louder Now. It was such a pleasure, Jen Keeley, talking with you about the founding women of our country. Yes. And thank you. Uh, great job. Thank you. Thanks, and please join us again. We hope you loved our episode about Eliza Hamilton. I know we did. We love talking about it. Um, I liked listening to it. Yeah. I wanted to say thank you to all of our listeners and subscribers. To our subscribers and listeners, we could not do this without you. And if you're a listener and not a subscriber, I'd like to know why. But um, <laughs> we also have um, a little bit of uh, hashtag breaking news. Oh, uh, break, breaking out the hashtag. Matt Wanwitz, I hope you're paying attention. Hashtag uh, breaking news. Hashtag breaking news. <laughs> um, we're going to transition and, and retire the uh, This Month in Women's History podcast stream for 2020. And instead, we're going to focus on breaking barriers hashtag breaking news hashtag breaking barriers there's a lot of breaking hashtags <laughs> breaking <laughs> um, anyway so yeah we're gonna instead do uh monthly themes where we're still gonna talk about two women um that fall into this theme um for example alicia and i are super like uber excited about january's theme oh yes which is um pioneering first ladies so stay tuned for that um, we're really excited about 2020. We've got a lot of really great women, a lot of really great bar barrier breakers and trailblazers lined up for you. So have a great holiday from us to you. <laughs> <laughs>